Oh, how nice it is to hear your dulcet tones after the mid-season break. I know, it's been a while, man. It has been a while. Uh, we've had our mid-season break. We have, we really have. And I've come back, I feel refreshed. I've done a couple of stretches, the limbs are feeling okay. Ready to ready to play a power pass, my friend. Ready to play a power pass. Did you do one of those training camps in Dubai or anything like that? Honestly, but more more um, Abingdon. Oh, okay. But but I've heard that I've heard Abingdon is the new Dubai anyway, so it's all right. Abing Dabi. Abing Dabi. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Abing Dabi. good man yeah i can't complain um life is sweet uh not really much to report if i'm honest that's nice it's nice when there's nothing to report because that means there's no bad news yeah that that's a lovely way to put it yeah there's no bad news at all all is well can't complain yes <laughs> i don't know where to start really like what what do you make of this mid-season break it's quite a new thing that's been introduced to like the premier league do you think it's worthwhile I- no, I don't like it. Why not? Because I don't think I'm used to it. Change, change is hard for people to adapt to, isn't it? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I the way I see it is with the mid-season break is that championship clubs don't get one. They play more games. And it just seems a little bit pampered, maybe. Um, Considering these these footballers are, you know, professional athletes. They're kind of expected to to play games every week. They're not really, considering they're athletes, they, they shouldn't need that extra break. Like in any other industry, you don't really get a mid-season break. You might get a Christmas break. And in yeah. saying that, maybe it's made me realise actually that maybe this is just their delayed Christmas break. Potentially. I mean, with... It's, it, it really is a difficult one. I, from a selfish point of view, don't like... I mean, I know it's sort of staggered so that everyone gets their break at different times and it's still staggered so you get a certain amount of football to watch. I just feel like I've watched a few of the games this weekend and it felt a bit sluggish. It almost felt like it was, you know, this break has sort of taken away top gear from them. I feel that. I do hear where you're coming from there. Um, so one interesting I don't know thing, it's a one interesting thing for me as a fan is that, um, as you know, and as people know who listen to the podcast, I personally tend to just hone in on Premier League football and maybe Champions League, but kind of all my football watching tends to be centered around Premier League. Um, however, over the last couple of weekends, because there's been a lack of Premier League games, it's kind of helped me catch up and get into Serie A a little bit and kind of just take note of what's going on in the championship a little bit, um, which I think is a good thing. I even found myself watching, who is it, Malaga and Celta Vigo or something like that Not the other day. That might be the wrong team. And even like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Borussia Dortmund. It's given me an opportunity to just, you know, at the weekend what I do is I watch football 
and because I haven't had much Premier League to watch, I've had all these other amazing leagues that I often take for granted. And that's one thing I can be grateful for in this this winter break. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I feel like the most the championships the most exciting league about at the moment. Oh hell yeah! There's you know, there's there's a lot of teams. It's very up and down. Um, play some good football as well, you know. And the, the you sort of what you're starting to notice now is the teams that are coming up from the championship, you know, like Sheffield United and things like that, aren't one hit wonders now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you say that Norwich, <laughs> Norwich are in the relegation zone, but still. Um, I am I'm a big fan of the championship and like you I've been able to watch that a little bit more yeah um, just just because we do, take it, we, do, we do take it for granted I think the Premier League gets so much of a it, it, it's so vocalised mm-hmm. that it's kind of nice at the same time it's sort of a catch 22 yeah um, and, and it, don't get me wrong I watch different leagues you know sometimes anyway but it's it sort of gives me that impetus to start wanting to watch it more. Mm. Um, just for those who maybe don't take note of, note of the championship, it's it's around the time where it gets interesting because we're starting to like really look at who's going to be coming up, who's going to be in the playoffs, etc. Um, maybe you would know better than I do, but could you give just the, the listeners maybe a rundown of why it's so exciting right now? It's so exciting because West Brom and Leeds were running away with it. Mm-hmm. They were running away with the league. There was the top two. I think there was something like 11 points clear of third. Yeah. Um, if you look at the table now, the, I mean, West Brom are starting to get their act together a little bit and they're seven points ahead, but Leeds are only three points ahead of Fulham in third. Leeds have, from it's what a, I hear, have like kind of dramatically fell off a little bit. Yeah, it's so topsy-turvy. They they think it's down to Bielsa and the fact that he is so... Um, he wants his players to be so workmanlike that they're facing a little bit of burn. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone takes a bit of a dip. They've performed so well. Mm-hmm. And look, they, they, they've hit a massive dip, a massive dip, and they're still second. Yeah. But you've got the chasing pack like Fulham, Brentford, Forest, Preston, you know, Bristol City. All of them teams are within six points of Leeds. It'll be really great to see some. I think we're quite used to over the past 10, 15 years, we're quite used to seeing the same teams kind of come up and down. And it'll be really nice to see a Brentford or like a, a Bristol City maybe come through, especially a Bristol City. You know, I've, I've been to um, Ashton Gate many a times as a former Bristolian. Um, so it'd be really nice to see at the moment I can I can say this because I lived there no one in Bristol cares about football they all love rugby most of the people in Bristol somehow are Welsh um, so it'd be really nice for the, for the city of Bristol and for the west of England to have you know a, a, a football team representing them it's just over the pond so it kind of doesn't really surprise me um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I sentimental values. I like to see Leeds go up just because they're massive. Mm-hmm. Um, Brentford are moving into a new stadium as well, from what I hear. Yeah, it'd be nice yeah, for them Brentford to. Stadium. Yeah. And they've acquired two. They've acquired two top players in Shandon Baptiste and Tarek Fossey from Oxford as well. Nice. Um, the the championship is just exciting. Yeah. You know, you can't take a game for granted because anyone can really beat anyone. I know it sounds very cliche, but that is the case. Mm-hmm. 
I think that yeah, I think it's up there as being the best, you know, one of the best leagues in the world. I, I mean, I, I'm not able to really watch much Italian football because, you know, sort of like the channel that it's on prohibits me from watching it. But it's that seems exciting. German league, I managed to watch. German league looks exciting now. You know, there's there's more than just Bayern Munich vying for the title. Yes. Um, RB Leipzig at top at the moment. So it sort of brings in this real good, this, this real good standard of being able to watch different types of football and and not just that, but I, I think also because everything's so tight at the moment, it's a complete polar opposite to what's going on in the Premiership. That's what I was going to say. It's really interesting. It seems like the Premier League is the only league that has one runaway team in this year being Liverpool and you know that's I think you as a Liverpool fan probably haven't but me as a non-Liverpool fan I've completely ran out of things to say regarding how good they are um but maybe I I mean I'll still beat the drum I will still beat the drum to say we are a really good team and this is the best Liverpool team I've seen because there's something different about them they seem more compact they seem like they're less you know, they're less worried by anything, you know, like the Norwich game, you know, it's one nil until the 70th minute. It it never seemed to phase them. It mm. always seemed to be, ah, yeah, it'd be fine. So I, the, the thing is, is I still find myself, and I know I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago and people are probably going to be like, oh no, not again. I still find myself defending this Liverpool team, which is kind of crazy. Because I feel like everyone's making excuses um, for why we're top, whether it be VAR or, you know, the standard of, you know, of, of the rest of the competitors. But, you know, you can only play what's in front of you. Yeah, I think um, what's really interesting is you're doing that thing that, you know, champions of back in day, i.e. Manchester United, used to do quite a lot. And that's kind of win games that you don't look likely to win a lot of the time. Like even at the weekend just gone, you were the better team, but you only just about won against Norwich, who are bottom of the league. Um, and that's, that's I guess, what champions do. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Like you're not smashing teams and battering them 5-0 like the Man City of the last couple of years have been doing. You're just making sure you're winning, getting the job done. And one of the most painful conversations that's come up recently, I've been beating Marcus Rashford's drum since we've started this podcast, I've suggested that he's world-class and it's been battered away. Now, people are asking if Jordan Henderson is world-class. Well, what do you make of this, Dan? No, he's not world-class. Okay, he's well, very good. So glad you said that. He's very, he's very good. Um, and I think he's in for a definite shout of player of the year. Mm-hmm. But no, he's not world-class. Like I say to you, and I'll beat the same drum is that world class it should be such a niche category people people override this this world class status far too much mm-hmm. there's only a handful of players in the world that are world class yeah and the he's good and i think he's had a exceptional season but i think to be world class you've got to have multiple Exceptional seasons. Yeah. Um, 
I think what what's really interesting about um, Henderson and this squad is you, you look at the the Liverpool team and there's a, a host of individuals who are very talented in their own right, in their own unique way. You know, players that will go for big money to big clubs, i.e. your, your Mane's, your Salah's, Firmino's, your Trent's, etc., your Van Dyke's. But what Jordan Henderson does is he's that kind of team player that sets the standard. And it's all well and good having a team with lots of quality, but you need someone in that team to encourage that quality to be utilised, I think. And I think that's what Jordan Henderson yeah. does. You can almost see him, you know, Liverpool may go in at half time, 2-0 up, and everyone's, you know, running back into the dressing room. Yeah, we're 2-0 up, this is great. Jordan Henderson would be that one player that's like, I'm not satisfied. We may be winning, but the standard isn't good enough. You can see he just demands yeah. that. And he, just little things like, he might win in a race against someone <laughs> who's so much faster than him, but he's just more dedicated. And I think that's where this yeah. idea of world-class comes in. Like he's, he's got that dedication and like commitment that many don't. He is the epitome of training. Training makes you better. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's no chance that Jordan Henderson had this God-given talent, but he's worked hard for it and he's done well. Yeah. Um, the yeah I mean I, I can admit it now um, you're going to win the I league finally, yeah I finally told myself that they're going to win the league yeah uh, being 25 points clear with a you know I know City got a game in hand but I, I think, just I can't I can't see us losing it from, from here on in I think you have so, just about uh made enough points so you're definitely regardless of what happens now you can lose the rest of your games you are going to finish ahead of Manchester United yeah so we've officially it, it it's the 17th of February and we've officially qualified for the Champions League that's an interesting segue actually because Manchester City on the other hand are not going to qualify for the Champions League this season or well next season or the season after that so I think that's going to be really interesting. I almost see them conceding that they're not going to win the league this year and putting all their time and energy into trying to win the Champions League this year. And if they fail to do so, I think it's over for for Pep and a lot of players in that team. I I don't think it... I, I think Pep will stay. He has come out today, him and Sterling have said that they'll stay at the club. Mm. Interesting. I do think think it's massive that they're having to make these statements, though. Yeah, I think, I don't know what goes on in Pep's head, but I, I feel, and a lot of the fans feel, that his number one goal for Man City is to win the Champions League. He's he's pretty much done everything else. And if he can't in the next two years, does he have the patience or... If Juventus come knocking, for example, is he going to be led astray? I think it has to be because they're going to win the Premier League. Mm-hmm. They have been very Can you hear my ringtone? No. Ah, good. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so, sorry about that. Um, they've been mediocre at best in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be in the Champions League for the next two years. Pep will not be at City by the time they get back into the Champions League. Um, so I think it has to be now or never. Yeah. 
which makes I it I... really interesting. Oh yeah. There are rumours, I mean, I haven't read too much into this, but on top of them being banned from the Champions League, I've heard they may be stripped of one, maybe two of their Premier League titles. How does that work? Because uh, if they are stripped, does that mean the title goes to second place then? And therefore, yeah, so I've, does I've, Liverpool so I've heard, win a league? <laughs> yeah, so I've heard that w- the, 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 the rumour is that City could be stripped of the title and if they are, will win the 2014 league. You can't really celebrate in retrospect, though, can you? That that's just not the same. No, well, I'm not really happy about it. No, because you want this season to be your first season, you know, in your lifetime. Liverpool have won the league. Not like a retrospective win. It's it's not the same kind of celebration. <laughs> I think the problem is as well. It's all that's going to be lumbered on you is you only won it because City got dock points. Yeah. It's not done because we were the best team. Yeah. We were the second best team. But the best team cheated. Yeah. Or supposedly cheated financially. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see Pep being there when they go back into the Champions League. And yeah, I, I can't see there being a mass exodus mm-hmm. uh, because they've not been relegated or anything like that. I, I think players, players might leave, but I think City will become a less attractive team for incomings in the next two years. Yeah, I think there's there's obviously players in that squad that are probably going to be a bit loyal, say like your, your Raheem Sterlings and people like that. But I also feel there's players who are maybe a little bit more self-interested and kind of feel, you know, I want to be playing Champions League football. I want yep. to be recognised yep. by my country when it comes to international selection, whatever. And I think yep. some of those players will go. Um, I can't, I couldn't tell you which ones in particular. Maybe a Mares. Yeah, uh, it's it's so it's so difficult to be able to tell what's yeah. what. Um, what I would say to you is that the, um, I think it'll be difficult for incomings. Um, but at the end of the day, that's the price you pay. The, the this will open up a big can of worms, and it's something that we probably can't go into today. Mm-hmm. But I see a tweet. Um. And I can't remember who it was by, but it said, why does FIFA not use the same energy towards racism? As in and kind of mad when, points and stuff. Well, well, they, they've, been, they've been fined 30 million mm-hmm. euros yeah. and banned from the Champions League for two years because they overspent on money that they actually had. Because, they, you know what I mean? City aren't, City aren't like they're strapped for cash. They've overspent in their means by spending more than their outgoings. Well, wasn't it because well, sorry, they were being funded but... by a company that wasn't their official sponsor, but was yeah, owned by the it. same guy who owns the sponsor or something? That's it. So you, so they were, I think they were harboring money. Yeah. But on the grand scheme of things, harboring money or racism. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that is a really difficult one I, because I, well, we won't go into it too much, but I guess you're looking at One's the responsibility of the club, one's kind of the fans that you are responsible for. I, I, I just think it's a football in general thing. Like Morega yesterday, I don't know if you saw the Porto striker, Morega was racially abused. I didn't um, see yeah, so he scored and then wanted to come off. And, you know, sort of all of his play, all of his teammates were trying to be like, no, no, come on, stay on the pitch. We need to win the game. We need to win the game. And it's just like, is this bigger than winning the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fully feel that. Uh, 
so kind of like it's still a football issue, I believe, not just fans, because you know what I mean. Three points seem to be more important than the fact that this guy's being racially abused. Yeah, that's unfair. Uh, so, which I think he was amazing in, by the way. If you get to watch the video, um, it was sort of taking no for an answer. He was coming off. Yeah, he was coming off, and it was a big f you to everyone that was abusing him. Yeah, and I think that's the right thing. You're human at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, but going back to Champions League, and I kind of, I'm, this thing with City is massive, and I think I, I do think it'll get overturned personally, just because that normally is what happens, or, or they'll only be banned for one Champions League season. Um, yeah. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was talking about Manchester United having Champions League, but, well, not having Champions League isn't essential as to whether they sign top players or not. I found this really interesting and I want your take on it because I think that is essential for Manchester United to have Champions League to attract the top players because Solskjaer's in charge. I think if Pochettino was in charge, I don't think it would be as essential because you're working under an esteemed manager. But Solskjaer's not really done anything since he's come in. They don't seem like they're really going anywhere. Mm. And it kind of it kind of says, well, what, what am I... What, as a top player, what am I doing at United? Like, I know they're, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world still, and I completely understand that. But if you have ambitions of winning things, is United going to be your first choice? Well, I think what's quite interesting is we've managed to draw players um, who have come from teams who either don't play in the Champions League or are just generally smaller clubs, but are still top players. Players like your Harry Maguire, like your Bruno Fernandes. But if, say, yeah. in the summertime, we haven't qualified for Champions League and we're trying to draw, say... Jaden Sancho I think Jaden Sancho is a hell of a lot more likely to join a club that play in the Champions League given he's young and you know that's a stage that's important for him so I like I do with many things disagree with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer here I think it is pretty essential I mean Manchester United is a club with a huge like like legacy and worldwide following and you know it's one of the biggest clubs in the world I think it's fair to say biggest clubs in the world Champions League or not but to the individual player who's playing games, that opportunity of Champions League, I think, is is fundamental for a lot of them. Yeah, and I think it's a big thing to ask for someone to miss out on that to potentially not get it next year. Yeah, because you're not a you're not a team that I see as being guaranteed to get it next year, especially with Solskjaer in charge. I'm just I'm just very unsure as whether or not he's got what it takes to get you lot back to where you need to be. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think the signing of Bruno Fernandes is a, will be a very good signing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of one of them things. A lot of Manchester United signings since Ferguson left have been good signings on paper. It's just how it works on the pitch. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be the real interesting one about how, how it affects them on the pitch, whether or not they can gel as a team. And I think it's going to be a really interesting topic of conversation over the sort of like the next half a season. Well, um, I think we, we always tend to talk about the title race and we, we often talk about the relegation battle. But I think that the most interesting race in this league this season, in the Premier League, is the kind of race for these Champions League spots. I mean, you've got Tottenham in fifth who are on 40 points and then in 14th, Crystal Palace are only 10 points behind them. 
it's kind of all open there. You've got teams slipping in and out of that fifth place spot. Even Manchester United, as a Manchester United fan, I think to myself, how can we get it so wrong so often and still be in the running? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's just a massive shout out to Sheffield United. They're the team that nobody expected to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but even Burnley um, aren't far off. No, Wolves as well. Wolves are, Wolves are a massive side that could, could, you know, take a scalp of the Champions League places. Arsenal ain't fully oh. out as well. They had a good win no, at the weekend. And, they're, they're, and, and they had a good win yesterday. And if Arteta is able to, you know, stabilise the club and make them work for it, I reckon they're in with a great shout. Yeah. Um, it's, no, it's really interesting, especially because City are now out of the fold. Yeah. Which, which really, when, when, what this really does make is that Leicester are pretty much guaranteed the Champions League spot, which nobody's really spoken about. Mm-hmm. That's massive. Yeah, that's very true, actually. I think most people, myself included, kind of have already accepted from early this season that Leicester are a very good club and are probably I worthy. Did you think they Champions League, though? Did you not? I, from early on, they, no. you know, they were, they were Liverpool's contenders for a long period of time more so than Man City at times and you know yeah. I kind of just accept they've got some great players and if Vardy no, can still do it for years to come and Madison looks like an excellent player Tielemans is great yeah I think I think they might even get past the group stage yeah I can see them getting past the group stage and I think that they'll I think they'll bring bring in some top players as well yeah definitely um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens for Leicester but Leicester, Liverpool um, would you be brave enough to put a prediction on Champions League places now? Oh, I don't know. I, it's a bit biased for me because I'm, I want to believe Man United can still do it. And if I wasn't a Man United fan, I probably would write them off. So it's it's really hard to be unbiased for me. Um, and Tottenham, you know, I want to talk about Tottenham quickly as well because Tottenham, they won at the weekend, but in very typical Mourinho fashion, they, Mourinho still seems to do this thing where he just wants to make his team difficult to beat, but he doesn't really fixate too much on beating teams, I feel. Um, and I think Son somewhat kind of bailed them out a little bit. They're almost lucky they've got players like Son because playing under Mourinho, it's it's difficult to win landslide victories and to play really well and... Yeah, I don't really, I don't really get them. They're really difficult to kind of pin down and kind of work out if they're good or not. Early, early shout, Tottenham will win a trophy next season. I think so under Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. Like, but will it be like a League Cup? And will they win it because he's the only one taking it seriously, and everyone else is playing their reserves? But that's more than they're winning or, or, uh, currently. That's more than they've ever won under Poch. That's very true. So it's. It, it may only be a League Cup to some people, but that shouldn't be taken for granted for a team that doesn't win anything. Very true, yeah. Um, I would say to you that also, just going back to Manchester City, also, that Mourinho, Man United team could, could get a league trophy as well if they if City adopt points for that season. Oh, for real? And Brendan Rod would Brendan Rodgers have a Champions League winner's medal? Have a Champions League, a Premier League, so a Premier winners League medal. winners' medal. Sorry, yeah, yeah, with Liverpool, yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, I suppose, I suppose it's a dream, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but retrospectively, I don't know how, how they're going to be able to do it. Uh, um, 
but we'll you know we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. It's all it's all part of the fun and games. But um, can we? I'm, I'm looking forward to a full one one segment of the league we haven't really mentioned is the bottom of the league. Uh, can we put predictions on who's going down at this stage? There are a few teams kind of in and amongst yeah. it. Yeah, I think I can put a prediction on who's going to go down. There. Who who are you saying? Uh, Norwich will go down. I yeah. think. I think the fact that they are seven points adrift. I know it doesn't seem like much, but I can't see them winning that many games because of how expansive they are. Mm-hmm. Which I like, but I'm still a little bit unsure of. Yeah. Um, I think Bournemouth will go down. Interesting. Because I think they're just on a slippery slope. Yeah. Um. Oh. West Ham have like the, literally the worst form in the league at the moment I think in, over the See, last five games I think they'll get out of that I think they'll just scrape through I think maybe Villa or Watford I'm gonna say Villa I think West Ham's next two games are Man City and Liverpool yeah yeah it's not it's not it's not looking great for them it's a real tough one man because I, I think of all those clubs I, I don't think Brighton have a great squad if I'm looking at squads alone I think Bournemouth have good players that could maybe keep them up same with Aston Villa same with West Ham I think Ham. it's a catch 22 with Bournemouth though I think it's a catch 22 I think Eddie Howe has done such a good job that you can't get rid of him but at the same time I think it needs to change because it almost seems like it's getting a little bit stale mm. So, what do you do? You know, yeah. I, I think you're 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 damned if you do and damned if you don't. To be honest, I hear that. Um, I think it's real exciting. It's real exciting, and we have got Champions League to look forward to this week. So, oh, is it back? Yeah, yeah. Champions League is back on tomorrow. Liverpool have Atletico Madrid. Nice. I've, I feel I've kind of just like blocked it out because obviously we're not in it as a Man United fan. So. Uh... Yeah, but yeah, Liverpool have got Athletic, Liverpool have got Atletico Madrid and Borussia Dortmund have got Paris Saint Germain. That would be a fantastic game. And then on Wednesday, Atalanta have got Valencia and Tottenham have RB Leipzig. Okay, that that's quite exciting. Next week, Chelsea, Bayern, Real Madrid, Man City. Oh, this is going to be the real test for Man City. Man City have got to go for it. This is going to be lovely. Yeah, I'll be watching that in uh, Ireland. Actually, I'm going to Dublin next week so that's the first thing I'm going to yes. do when I reach Dublin find a, a pub sorry I sorry I meant tomorrow oh sorry I, I jumped ahead and I was looking at Real Madrid Man City yeah. next week oh Real Madrid Man City yes yeah. that's the first thing I'm going to do I'm going to touch down Dublin go and find a pub and watch Man City I've got my island shirt Um, just trying to fit in with the crowd aren't you yeah buddy? just going to try to fit with the crowd <laughs> I'm going to drink Guinness all of that Proud of you. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's always exciting. I look forward to it. Football is always the winner. It feels like the last couple of weeks have been kind of dry, but now we have loads to look forward to. What It kind of reminds me of, I mean, I work in the music industry and January is really dry. And then suddenly loads of great albums come out in February. All the the lineups for festivals start getting released in February and some stuff's just exciting again. And it's like that with football. Everything's exciting again. Things are happening. It's the same, but it's the same as payday, isn't it? No one likes January as a payday month. Yeah. I did dry January as well. And then got really drunk on the first and threw up everywhere. 
And that is why Jan- try January to be all year round. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's been amazing. Nice it's one, been man. Amazing. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. Welcome back. Um, I will. Uh, we'll reconvene next week. Nice one, brother. Have a good week, man. See you later, buddy. Take care. Bye.